Welcome to the Smooth Life segment of the Be Boylan podcast. My name is Juliana Mace, and I am a recent graduate of the class of 2020 and now a proud alumnus. I am so excited to be here for my last podcast as a part of Boylan Catholic High School. This school has given me many opportunities and has taught me many life lessons, especially how to be a saint, scholar, and champion when going out into the world. I'm here today with uh, four teachers who have instructed me at Boylan. There have been... They have been in the Boylan community for a very long time, emphasizing the qualities of being a saint, scholar, and champion. How are you, Mrs. Walls? Great, thank you. How are you, Mr. Bloom? Doing well, thank you. How are you, Mr. Fad? I'm awesome. How are you doing? <laughs> Pretty great. How are you, Mr. Anderson? I am good, thank you. Awesome. Anybody been pretty busy today? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Had a few things, yes. Okay. The quarter. <laughs> Yeah, okay. this, we have two days left, and so these last two days, last three days, actually, because grades, grading ends on Saturday, um, we're going to be really tough for some of us, I know. I can only imagine what it's like for you guys in the math department, <laughs> Just <laughs> keeping up with uh, late assignments and that, which, you know, we we know that's going to happen, and but it's just been, that's been the hard part about it. Oh yeah, I bet I feel I feel you guys. Like I feel bad now because I'm already done with school, but you guys are still going for like two or three weeks. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So. Okay. Um, I, if you guys don't mind, can I start with Mrs. Walls, and then we're gonna go through each and every one of you guys. Sure. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Walls, I understand that your journey did not start at teaching profession. Is that correct? That is correct. So can you tell me a little bit more about like before teaching? Sure. Uh, right after, actually, it starts with college. I went to college on an ROTC scholarship. So when I graduated from college, I was also commissioned an officer in the United States Army. And I spent um, three and a half years on active duty. I was part of the first Gulf War. And then when I got out of the military, I was in pharmaceutical sales. Actually, wow. I had a sales territory in the Chicago area. And then I left that. I did a short stint working as a um, temporary uh, temp agency coordinator. And then I was a stay-at-home mom for about 10, 12 years um, before getting back into the classroom, before getting into the classroom. Now, I said I got off active duty but I still stayed in the Army. I joined the Army Reserves. So I spent 22 years in the Army Reserves. I've retired from that. And then I've now been teaching for 15 years. Wow. Well, first I want to say thank you for your service. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. That's just awesome. I have a background of many military or many people in the military in my family as well. Um, obviously, people, my dad and mom aren't, but <laughs> my uh, grandparents and some of my aunts and uncles are. So that's awesome. Um, did you, uh, so you have two kids, correct? I do. Daniel. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yes, you may know Daniel. Daniel, Dan, excuse me, is Mr. Walls. He's the choir director. So I've been fortunate to teach the past two years with my son. And then my daughter, Kim, is an engineer, and she is also followed in our footsteps, and she is in the Army Reserves. Oh, wow. Wow. Awesome. Military family. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Um, did you get involved with anything, like, during your times of uh, 
like obviously the military is probably very busy, but did you have any hobbies during that time or like hang out with people? Uh, you know, we did have several different things. You know, we had a couple, um, you know, maybe playing some intramural sports like volleyball or things or cards. Um, oh, gee, that's a long way ago, a long time ago. <laughs> you know, we did a lot of different things being social, you know, going to the officers club and different things on post. Um, a lot of my time of military too was spent then over in Saudi Arabia. And um, yeah, so a couple different things and then loving life, having kids and uh, participating in all their activities and play dates and all sorts of fun things. I have oh, a question yes. for you, Mrs. Wells. I have a question to suggest. Yes, Mr. Fed. Uh, did you see any active duty in the Middle East? I, I was over in Saudi Arabia during Desert Shield, Desert Storm for eight months. Yeah, did I mean, what was your responsibilities over there, I guess is what oh, I'm saying. Okay, I'm sorry. I was a platoon leader, so I had 22 soldiers that worked for me. We were basically the communication center for the 18th Airborne Corps headquarters. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain to kids today because, you know, we all have these wonderful computers and we all have our own little email accounts and Twitter accounts and, you know, all the social media. But back in the day, people didn't have all of that. So we were the telecommunications. We sent out a lot of message traffic, making sure units knew supply wise, you know, where people were going. So that, that was kind of most of my job over in the desert. So. Okay. Wow. So did you guys oh, explain to me more how you guys messaged each other? Was it like mail or was it like, um, you guys explain that? It, you know, it's kind of a cross between like a, a, a telegram system and an email system. I mean, it's an older archaic, you know, email system, but it had to be in certain codes and certain fashions. You know, ooh, we had the latest and greatest like fax machines too. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of our technology has really changed since, you know, back in 91, 1990. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, back, that's back in the blue screen days of the computer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Five-inch floppy disk drives. You know, we <laughs> had one of the new ones that actually had the three-and-a-half-inch floppy, and it was like, <gasps> you know. <laughs> I bought my first computer at that time just to kind of keep up with the war, to be honest with you, keep up on the news. Yes, yes. So it, it's there. a lot of technology changes when you look back at what we did with the latest and greatest and what we can all do now. Wow, that's just crazy. I remember my mom telling me like a couple weeks ago and like she's only like 40. So she, and she was telling me about how she was like the coolest person in college when she brought a computer to college. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, you have one. What the heck? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we, we all packed uh, typewriters to go to college <laughs> and heaven forbid you make a mistake. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, we had correct type in some things, but you know, it's a little different. So, yep. Wow. Okay. Can you explain a little bit about your guys's uh, math department, I guess, or uh, just being at Boylan teaching math, I guess? I'm sorry, what do you mean about being, you mean being in the coolest department of all? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Uh, tell me about uh, what's it like teaching math at Boylan or like your class? 
Oh, I love teaching math at Boylan. I've loved working with all of my students over the years. I've taught Algebra 1, a couple different levels. I've taught Algebra 2, Pre-Calculus, College Algebra, um, Algebra Essentials. I've loved working with all my students. That's a highlight of my day, working with students, supporting them, going out, watching them, you know, play their different sports, perform on stage, sing, present their artwork. So I love it. That's awesome. I almost forgot to mention, you mentioned some sports or watching your students play sports and doing different activities. Uh, what were you involved in during like high school or uh, what do you still like to do, I guess? How long do we have? <laughs> um, I was definitely very involved. Um, you know, my freshman year, I played basketball and I was on the track team and um, I was in student council in the service club and German club and international club. And then I went on sophomore year to become a cheerleader. Um, and that's the year that they actually changed the basketball game. So the boys played one place, girls played the other place. Used to be they played on different nights and I could do both basketball and cheerleading, but uh, they changed it on his sophomore year. So, so then I got involved in cheerleading and, um, you know, again, track and numerous clubs, numerous clubs. Uh, so yeah. And Girl Scouts and youth group and, you know, lots of other things. So. Well, you were pretty <laughs> Needless to say, uh, things haven't changed much over the years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I told you, Mr. Fatch, you did basketball and cheerleading. <laughs> you did. I did. I did. Wow. Um, so one last thing for you, Mrs. Walls. How would you tell the class of 2020 about going into college and like what are some advice you'd give us, I guess? Oh, there's so much. You know, have fun live life, experience it all, but also don't forget your studies and don't forget about God. Um, I think some of you in the class of 2020 have heard me at, you know, maybe some Kairos talks. I always say, find that spiritual buddy when you go to school. Find that person that's got that good moral compass and kind of got your same faith background to kind of keep together to get you to go to church, to, you know, steer you along that right path. So find some good friends to, and good influences. I totally agree with you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Bloom, we're switching over to you. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, kind of how Miss I asked Mrs. Walls, uh, where did your education journey start? Uh, it actually happened uh, my senior year uh, after our last playoff football game. Uh, uh, one of our coaches and a teacher of mine, Mr. Richard Fritz, sat down next to me and he said, I'm not sure what you're thinking about doing when you go to college, but if you don't have anything, please consider going into teaching and coaching. And so I, I went to Northern and and um, didn't change majors as many people do. And 27 years later, I'm, I'm still at it and loving it. Wow, that is awesome. Well, you just said you played football. So how is that? Oh, it, it was good. Uh, it was during the time where you had to be seven and two or better in order to go into the playoffs. Um, my junior year was crazy. Uh, we lost to uh, uh, Polo. Um, winner goes to the playoffs. I think like 40 points were scored in the fourth quarter. It was it was chaotic, uh, but it, it, I loved it, um, and especially growing up uh, on the sideline um, uh, when my dad coached at uh, Jefferson. Uh, I was a ball boy as soon as I as soon as I understood, you know, not to get tackled. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So you just grew up loving football. I did. I did. Uh, the Friday night lights, uh, the grass, uh, the green of the grass under those lights is just uh, one of my favorite colors. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the ultimate team sport. Uh, I know that there's some people out there that are going to argue with me, but um, uh, everybody's got to do their role every play or, or it doesn't work. So I, I, I greatly appreciate the game. Oh, yeah. I admire any team sport, really. It's just like the camaraderie, too. It's just you have to be able to work together or like things will not get accomplished. Absolutely. Uh, you got to be you got to be a flock of geese. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> so what made you want to coach track at Boylan? <laughs> um, wow. Well, when I, I first started teaching at St. Anne Community uh, High School, which is down by Kankakee, a uh, small little school, and um, uh, I was hired there to teach and uh, uh, to be their track coach. And then uh, the next year, I was their track and uh, sophomore basketball coach. And then the third year, I was the track basketball and head volleyball coach. And uh, and then just throughout the years, it just uh, uh, something I've hung on to, uh, even though football. Uh, was a passion of mine because of uh, my father. Uh, track is is the sport that I've had the most success in. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I just like, if, if I may, Juliana, I just love track because, you know, there's something for everybody. Um, and everybody participates. Uh, and, uh, you know, you everybody gets something out of it. You talked about teams, but yet there's a, an individual aspect to it. Um, you know, and and uh, I always appreciated coaching track because it, to me, it was always a relief from from uh, the competitiveness of football. You know, in football, if you don't win, you know you you lost, uh, in in a bigger sense than the opposite of winning. And uh, in track, you know, you've seen it. Uh, I've seen kids crying uh, who came yeah. in last, not because they came in last, but because they they set a per personal record. And, yeah, uh, that's what keeps me going back to track and field. I totally agree with you from my experience of running just cross country and track. It's just it's just awe dropping, like seeing like people they're even just crying just because they like you said, got a PR. It's not even because they went won or because their team did so well. It's just like their individual goals they had that they set. And when they finally achieved it or did like better than they thought. It's just like awesome to see. And I love seeing like each person progress like each day. Yes. So not just like as like a runner, but like as a person. Absolutely. Good point. Uh, you know, a, a lot of discipline is built, especially if you're a, a distance runner, you know, you're, you're away from your coach and it's totally up to you to, to make yourself better. Um, oh, yes. it, it definitely, um, it definitely is more than what a lot of people think it is. Yeah. I cannot tell you how much I've learned in the last two months of running by myself. So, <laughs> so yes, it has been uh, very disciplining and everything. Uh, so what else have you been involved in or has there been something, some hobbies that you've had in the past like couple months or like uh, have you had for a long time? I, I always enjoy the outdoors. Uh, it's my battery charger, um, you know, fishing, uh, outdoor club was something I did in high school. 
Um, I love camping, bird watching, uh, just being out in nature and, and the serenity uh, is how I, I charge my batteries. Uh, but you mentioned um, the last few months, I, I definitely miss, as everybody here does, the classroom, um, the interactions and the relationships with the students. I've, I've come to learn that they too um, energized me. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as far as hobbies go, uh, none. I like to, during the summer, I'll, I'll get to reading a bit. It's been, as you said earlier, yes, uh, it's been very busy grading, planning, emailing, um, you know, getting things done here. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to sit down and read short stories. Uh, I, I take a lot of enjoyment in reading those because I often find myself with uh, not enough time to read a whole book. But I, I can always finish a, a short story and then get back to it in a week or two without having to remember what happened. What was one of the most recent stories you read? Um, the Open Boat. What's um, that about? Uh, castaways. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the their their struggles, and then um, the Death Path. Oh, the Fly. The the. The Path, I can't remember that title, and I feel a little embarrassed, but The Fly by Catherine uh, Mansfield is one of my favorite short stories. Okay. I might have to read up on one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a very good story. Um, it, it talks about a, a businessman and a fly that landed on his, uh, on his calendar. So oh, that it, sounds great. <laughs> a lot of good symbolism. A lot of good symbolism in that book. Okay. Well. story, yes. Uh, we're going to switch over to a little bit more math, Mr. Bloom. Sure. Uh, I had you as a teacher. Great teacher, by the way. Um, <laughs> what is What was different from teaching at Boylan versus other schools since you've taught at other schools? Uh, my first day at Boylan, I, I just remember the, um, the uniforms. I, I appreciate the uniform. Um, it's kind of like, and you brought up athletics, when you put on that uniform before a game, your mindset changes. And and I and I don't think a lot of kids realize it yet, but when when they put on that uniform and it, it, their their mindset does change. Uh, we saw it during uh, out of uniform days. Uh, the classroom didn't have the same uh, rigid structure as it did in uniform days. Um, parent support is is greater uh, i think because there's more of an investment i think a lot of people take public schools for granted um and, and because there's an investment um they take take that for granted um and then the um the god part i enjoy saying christmas break i enjoy saying easter holiday um instead of winter break and spring break i i really and it, it it's a shame that the public schools can't let God into the classroom because he certainly makes a difference. I totally agree. God is just uh, such an amazing figure and um, amazing person. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it is definitely different. Like I had gone to public school, my elementary school, and I had been taught at home. I just kept like my faith at home and been like, okay, like I just don't really bring this into there. And then when I finally came to Catholic school, middle school, it's just, it's very different atmosphere when you have God in it. I feel like people respect school more. Am I? 
I, I'd agree. I'd, I'd agree. Um, especially starting prayer off or every class off with prayer. Uh, I, I think that's critical. Um, it, it, and again, it, it set the tone. It reminded us of why we were there and uh, our end of the day prayer. Um, I, I treasure that. Yes, I agree. Okay, uh, one last thing, Mr. Bloom. How <laughs> would you tell the class of 2020 uh, about college and other future generations going to be graduating from Boylan? Like, what advice would you give them? One of my favorite speakers is Zig Ziglar. Uh, he was huge in the 70s and 80s, and, and he's still lingering around now. Uh, but he said, if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. And um, I, I think those words are, are uh, very true. I uh, have a plan keep the structure. Uh, I know a lot of students are missing that. I, I asked it in one of my uh, two-point questions, what do you miss? And a lot of them said the structure. So have a plan when you go to college and keep it. And then as uh, Mrs. Walls pointed out, uh, find the Newman Center as soon as you get to campus. Uh, the Newman Center, it's uh, a student union, uh, Catholic-based. Uh, we utilized it in track when we went to Eastern Illinois. Uh, for state, uh, find find your Newman Center and let that be your home. Thank you. Yes. Uh, okay, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yes, I'm here. <laughs> okay, so where did you start your education off? Uh, well, I, uh, I grew up in the western suburbs of Chicago, so I went to a, a big public high school out in the burbs. Um, but, uh, yeah, then, uh, I, uh, went to, uh, Augustana college, uh, for undergrad. Uh, so, uh, I'm a little like Mrs. Walls. I've taken, uh, uh, very secure, circuitous route, uh, to, uh, to my career. Uh, I've got all kinds of hats. Um, I was actually accounting and econ, uh, major in college. Uh, I always had the idea I wanted to be a teacher. I had a great uh, math teacher in high school, uh, just to tie in with the whole education thing. Uh, and and, I, and this, I was always thinking about teaching in the back of my mind. Um, but uh, uh, I got to college and, uh, and I just didn't know how to put it into action. So I did enjoy uh, numbers and, and math, econ, accounting. Uh, but I uh, wanted to get a job right out of school, so I became a CPA, took the CPA exam, worked for an, as an accountant for like four years, uh, but the draw of math and econ, uh, kind of more of a general thing, uh, kind of drew me. So I ended up going to graduate school at uh, the Ohio State University uh, for, for economics, and I completed my master's and most of my PhD work there. Uh, and so that was very mathematical, and then I kind of, Started, uh, I taught <clears throat> economics and some math and statistics, uh, and then uh, uh, I, I was uh, I my 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 life circumstances found me in Rockford, Illinois, suddenly, uh, <laughs> and uh, I uh, did did some more college. I did some college teaching in uh, in Ohio, back in Ohio, and then a little bit here for a while. But ultimately, I just wasn't finding anything 
very permanent. Uh, it was a time when they weren't doing a lot of hiring. Uh, but I love teaching, uh, and so I, and I like the technical aspects. So I leveraged my math background and uh, started teaching uh, high school level. And that was uh, 2001 at, at little old Aquin in Freeport. So uh, I've been in the diocese for 19 years. Um, this is, uh, I'm, I'm the relative newcomer uh, here with the group here. Uh, I've, spent, I've spent three years at Boylan, but 19 years in the diocese. But uh, yeah, so then it's a short, uh, long, make a long story short, that's how I uh, was educated and ended up as a teacher at Boylan. Well, we still uh, so appreciate I'm sorry. We still appreciate your three years being here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so you said you attended Augustana. Yes. Uh, I think that's really funny because I was actually looking into Augustana for going to college there. I'm sadly not. I'll be attending Loris College, but they really impressed me with a lot of the stuff they had there. Yeah, it was a great place. Um, it's a, it's a liberal arts, you know, it's a smaller, it's a liberal arts school, a very big fan of a liberal arts education. Uh, uh, I think uh, it gets a little bit of uh, shortchanged in the modern world that you, you know, have to be very technical or you have to have a very specific major. But um, of all the people that I graduated with, um, some of them not, you know, uh, necessarily, uh, working in the field that they they majored in but they had a good overall education and that that carried them through so yeah too bad uh loris is a good school though so <laughs> we'll, oh, let, we'll let you go we'll, we'll let you go there <laughs> uh tell me more about like i, I heard you're very big in economics miss wallace told me <laughs> could you uh explain like what was it like going into um you said you did accounting is that correct you said? Yes. So like explain how that was and then switching over to teaching. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I told you uh, I had a great math teacher in high school and yeah. it kind of piqued my interest, but I really didn't know much about teaching. Um, and uh, so I got into, like I said, more more econ and, and, and accounting type stuff. Um, so I, I did, like I said, I, uh, I, I went and worked as an accountant. Uh, I knew I was supposed to be a teacher because I would, uh, in accounting, you, you uh, I didn't work for one company. I, I worked for a, an accounting firm where you go out to all the other firms. And uh, and I found myself, you know, I'm supposed to be doing my work. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, you should really do it this way. And, you know, if you do it this way, it's better. And I, I'm like, I'm just sitting here. I'm more interested in teaching these people how to do things better and that than like my own work. So. Uh, that's what kind of sent me going and uh, <laughs> on a path of uh, I think I need to be a teacher, um, which which is kind of the reason I like I said went to graduate school and and uh, to kind of be a be more in the teaching academic realm. Uh, so yeah, no, it was just it's it's uh, been a been a slow slow pro process, uh, uh, and uh, which is. I assume you're going to ask me the question about what's my advice to the class of 2020. Uh, so I'll give it to you right now. Um, you don't have to know. You don't have to know what you're going to do when you're 18 or even 22. Uh, try everything. Uh, don't be afraid to try and, and fail at something. And you know, life. Uh, you, you know, nothing's nothing's at that at that stage in your life. Nothing's 
nothing is fatal. <laughs> you can switch gears and you can do it. And I, I said, a good overall education will do you well and let life evolve. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classic example of uh, it, 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 it can work out. <laughs> I really appreciate your advice because I can't tell you how many people have messaged me and have told me, oh my gosh, I still do not know what I'm studying. <laughs> or yeah, like uh, what they're going to be doing and stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't really think you, I, I don't <laughs> think you have to know. But, uh, but try everything, try not everything, but try different things. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's the time, you know, when you can make changes and switch and really experiment. So, yeah, that's what I would recommend. Okay. Thank you again. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, Mr. Fad. Woohoo! <laughs> that's so, a lot, to, that's a lot to follow right there, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make you go last. <laughs> Okay, so what are some of your favorite teaching moments at being with Boylan for oh, 37 years? Well, I think first of all, I'll let you know how I got there. Um, yes, please. I'm a, I'm a Romeoville kid, which you, some of you may know that the Lewis University is in Romeoville, and, and that's kind of what, what they're known for. It's the Joliet, Lockport, uh, Bolingbrook area down in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, went to high school at Romeoville High School. I played a little bit of basketball. I, th I thought I was a basketball player, but I found out very quickly that I didn't have talent to do that. Did a decent job in football and I also was in, was in track. And in 1973, I was approached by a, a recruiter from the Eastern Illinois University by the name of Jesse James. And uh, I tell this story in, in my uh, retreat talk sometimes that I'm a big fan of the Western movies. And uh, and as soon as a guy named Jesse James came up and offered me a scholarship, I took it and I went to Eastern. And uh, I had a great time at Eastern. I I did not play a whole lot my first couple of years. I was kind of on what they call, what they call the JV team um, and uh, helped get the team ready. I was prepared to be a starter, actually. I, I played a lot my junior year. I was prepared to be a starter my senior year. And the last, I think I want to say it was the last play because it was like an extra point or a field goal we were trying on the last scrimmage before our first game, I got my knee blown out and I was, uh, I thought I was done, but I uh, went to a couple of doctors and they had me rehab. And, and let's just say, basically, I came back six weeks later and I just kind of basically hung around for the last year. But uh, I really enjoyed my time at Eastern and um, I didn't finish up right away. I, you know, as an athlete, uh, sometimes I didn't take the full you know, 15 hours of classes. So I still had a couple hours to, to make up when I, when I finished my, my four years. And at that time, my dad was ill. So I went home and I uh, stayed at home for a couple of years. And uh, my dad passed away in 1980. And that summer, I got a phone call from a recruiter, or not a recruiter, but the, um, my advisor at Eastern. And he told me that there was a student teaching job available in Olney, Illinois. And if you don't know where Alney is, just think of white squirrels because that's the home of the white squirrel. Now, <laughs> it, it's 120 miles south of Champaign, about 60 miles south of Charleston, just to kind of give you an idea. Uh, real close to like Vincennes, Indiana, and not too far from Evansville, to be honest with you, about an hour. So it's, it's down there a ways. And I actually got connected with a, a football uh, buddy of mine from Eastern. It was a teammate of mine 
who was the head football coach at Alming. And uh, he heard that I was looking for, you know, student teach. And somehow he got me connected down there. And it was kind of happened. It was very good timing, you might say, with my dad passing away and, you know, needed something to do. And, I mean, they literally called me about a couple months after that. And I got that set up and got rolling and uh, enjoyed, really enjoyed my time down there. Uh, my first year down there, actually, we were actually in a strike. Oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, my, my first four weeks of of student teaching where it was involved in a strike. So I, I missed out a little bit, but, uh, um, after that I had a great time and, uh, we had a, we actually had a great football season. I think we lost, we lost out on our first four football games. Then we won our last five. So we ended up making the playoffs at five and at five and four, I guess they considered that at that time. And, uh, and that school had never had a winning record before, believe it or not. And it was been around for a long time. So, we uh, we did a good job. But they, the following year, they actually hired me as a elementary school physical education teacher in the in that district there, and so I did that and I coached football. And it, once again, we had some, had a great season. And and uh, about two years later, uh, they came across some money issues and they had to cut my position. And so um, I went on the look for a job and I picked up the uh, placement uh, papers from Eastern Illinois University. And I saw that there was an opening at Boylan Central Catholic High School in Rockford, Illinois. And to be quite honest with you, even though I lived in Romeoville, which is about 90 miles south of here, I had no idea where Rockford was. <laughs> I mean, it could have been uh, upper Minnesota as far as I was concerned. I, I really didn't, other than the fact that my neighbor was uh, grew up in Rockford. And uh, that was the only connection I had as far as knowing anything at all. Wow. That's uh, so, crazy. <laughs> so I got up there. Um, uh, actually, well, I, so I started out with getting an interview with, with Mr. Thumb at a football clinic. And then that evolved into one week later having an interview with Sister Anthony, who was the principal at that time, and Mr. McGuire. And they hired me on the spot. So uh, one week later, I was in, I was in Rockford. <laughs> so that, things happened very quickly. And uh, uh here we are today, 37 days later, 37 years later. <laughs> yeah, say 37 years, 37 days is a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said what made you wanna start or go be a PE teacher at an elementary school? Well, quite honestly, I I didn't uh set that up myself. I uh that's that was the job that opened up. They didn't have a position at the high school, so they they actually created that job for me so I could stick around. And uh, oh. it, was, uh, it was quite the blessing at the time. And and I actually traveled around to three different schools. I wasn't based in one school. I had three different schools I went to. And and that was one of the most, uh, that was, I had more fun, you might say, teaching elementary than I did um, my first 30 years of teaching in, in high school, you might say, because those kids, it was funny. They, they come in, you're like in a, you know, what elementary school is like you're, you're basically in the cafeteria. It's not really a gym, you know, tile floor and all that. And, and I, I'm yep. usually sitting in there waiting for them to come. And as soon as they hit the door, they sprint to you. They sprint to you and circle up and, and what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? And, it, and that, you know, that never gets old to be honest with you. Uh, this thing, you know, that enthusiasm and, uh, and, uh, Sometimes you don't have that same enthusiasm in high school, but it's different. You know, the kids are different and it's a different type of enthusiasm and, and desire in high, at the high school level. 
Oh okay. yeah. The enthusiasm of little kids, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. So uh switching a little bit more to Boylan. So you teach broadcasting, you are a PE teacher. Anything else you wanna uh say? Like I know you're involved with a lot more. Yeah, I uh I I came to I came to Boylan as a as a, a football coach per se. You know, I I grew up playing football at Rollingville High School, and we played against Joliet Catholic every year. And to be honest with you, we would get we would get beat soundly. And I always thought, man, I wish I could go to Joliet Catholic. I wish I could go to Joliet Catholic. And then so when I got the opportunity to possibly go to Boylan Catholic, I'm like, oh, I'm in the Catholic school, you know, good football program, bye, yada yada. And so I, you know, I, I jumped at that and um and and football's been it was great no doubt about it i i enjoyed football we had some great success i mean there was there was a stretch there in the 90s between i think 90 and 95 where we went to the state semifinals five years in a row and uh you know two state championships i'll, I'll never forget probably my most the most memorable game that i have you know obviously the state championship games are memorable but i think back even farther than that to I think it was 95, 1995, when we played Providence Catholic at Boylan. And uh, and it was just an unbelievable battle. And uh, they were, at the time, they were ranked number one. And we were we were ranked fairly high. And they beat us on the, basically the last play of the game on a, like a 27-yard touchdown pass. And But even though we got beat, that's one of my greatest memories. I mean, as a football player, you always dream of going to the state championship and playing for a state championship. So to be part of that was also very special and uh, something I'll never forget. We had some great players, some great teams, some great coaches at that time, and uh, very blessed to be part of that. Uh, that is awesome. I, actually, I actually started, the, believe it or not, and I'm not taking the credit for this, but uh, they came to, I don't know who came to me. Was it Mr. Heitkamp or Mr. Kerrigan or Mr. McGuire? One of them came to me back probably around 1990, and asked me to be the bowling coach. And I think that was only because I was the only person they knew at Boylan that ever bowled before. And, uh, but that was a, that was a great experience and that it brought kids into athletics that never really did any athletics before. And it gave them an opportunity to compete and to, um, to work on a skill that they, they probably hadn't had, or some of them had done junior bowling and all that. But, uh, that was a great 10 years too. And now look what it's evolved into the boys and girls and two state championships and, and on, on both those levels. And uh, um, I've seen a lot of things come and go. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. That's crazy. The Just broad- how much you've been involved in. Wow. Yeah. The broadcasting started in 1998, I want to say 1998. And it started Mr. Gavin, um, two of the most influential people for me have been Mr. and Mrs. Gavin. Mr. Gavin was an English teacher and he came to me back in 1998 and with a program called iHi. Uh, and it was about, it was basically a web page for school activities and it focused kind of on, on sports. He said, would you like to do this for Boylan? Would you like to keep track of their events and uh, report on it and put scores in and all that kind of stuff? I said, yeah, sure. That'd be, that would be fun. And it was about a year later when they started doing broadcasting. And this was done over the t- over a telephone wire. It was back in the dial-up days of, of the internet. 
And our first broadcast of a football game was put together. We ran, we didn't, I ran a telephone wire from the tennis courts up to the press box. And by a telephone wire, I mean, I went to Walmart. I bought those 50 foot extension pieces you would use on your living room phone. And I got couplers and I coupled those together. And I, we I literally, we went from the tennis courts along the fence line up to the press box. And we did our first uh, football broadcast that way. So that's, that tells you a little bit about how far we've come there. I remember you telling me about that in class and being like, yeah, this is when we had the, we had to do this all the way to the crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And it would, it would come in, go in and out on us all the time. And, um, but it was fun. And, and, and back in the day, the IHI broadcasts were free. And um, the, uh, the broadcast program we use now came to me, oh, about, 10 years ago or so 10 or 12 years ago and they wanted us to join and it was going to be cost money that had to be sponsorship you know you'd have to be subscriptions and all this and and i didn't know if i wanted to do that because i didn't know if our if our families would would pay for subscriptions and so when we first jumped uh i got a lot of slack for that as far as people wanting to know why they had to pay and why it's not free it always was free and and quite frankly um then NFHS Network saw the the iHi saw the writing on the wall. The iHi program died about a year later because they just didn't have the funds to do what they wanted to do. And so um, now the NFHS Network is is got thousands and thousands of programs in the in the country. They're all running. Most of them are running automated cameras and their gyms and their stadiums. And the number of broadcasts that are happen every Friday, Saturday night is in the 10,000s. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. That is crazy. I say my, my parents have NFHS and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like so cool. And like my grandparents are very thankful for it too, just because they live in Minnesota and they're like, oh my gosh, I get to see all the games now. And so like, it's kind of like a thing you should be thankful for too, that like people that wouldn't be able to come in person or like see it. Like right. especially, yeah, especially parents um, um, and, and grandparents. We get a lot of messages during games from grandparents that are watching in Florida or watching in California. So we, in fact, there was, we're going back about 10 years ago now, we had some, some of our students, our ex-alumni stationed over in, the, in Europe <laughs> and they would listen to the games on Friday night. And uh, that, was, that was quite interesting. Yeah, Mr. I mentioned Mr. Gavin. He was he also got me involved in what was what's called the Voyager Wilderness Program, and that, that's really uh, been a big part of my life. I'm a I don't know if you, if you know this, you probably do because I probably talked about it before. But I'm a big outdoors person. I love oh, doing yes. I love doing wilderness camping and canoeing. And uh, Mr. Gavin came to me back in 1986, probably, and said, "Do we we do this?" Canoe, or Canadian, or Canadian canoe trip every summer where we take students up to uh, up to Quetico Provincial Park, which is in northwest Canada, northwest Ontario, Canada. He said, would you like to take it over? And I said, what? Yeah, it sounds cool. I, I said, I'll try it. And uh, I, I did it the first year and uh, and about 15 years after that. And I do that. I do that something like that every year now. I uh, I go hiking or camping. I'm a, I've turned myself into a backpacker. I 
you know, canoe camping is one thing because you canoe camping, you're you're backpacking and camping, but most of it's canoeing. But when when I turned be turned into a backpacker a couple of years ago, I found out that it's not quite as easy as that because you're carrying that gear on your back the whole time. And uh, but it's still fun. I enjoy being outdoors. I uh, like somebody else mentioned just to walk through the woods and listen to the birds and have a deer run across the front, you know, in front of you or, you know, see bear scat out in front of you. And it makes you realize that there are really, you know, animals out here in the wild and that, that, that you are share, you're actually sharing their, their home with them, with them right now. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. So I'm going to continue to do that. And, uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm, one of my goals for, you know, I keeping myself busy. I'm going to create a YouTube channel, which I, I kind of already have. I just haven't made it public. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my different trips, my biking, my canoeing and my backpacking. So that'd uh, be so cool. Mr. Fat. I would totally listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. I, I know it's going to be rough at the beginning, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It always starts out. You have to start out small and it will yeah. progress. One other championship I had here at Boylan was a discus championship, Adam Schroeder back in 1992. Um, that was, that was exciting. You know, that I, like uh, Coach Bloom said, or Mr. Bloom said, it's different when you're an individual out there, you know, fighting for a championship. And it's only you there out there on the stage. And uh, he did a great job. He, in fact, at the time, I think he probably threw the second highest throw ever for for an Illinois thrower. So he, you know, did a great job. And, wow. of course, and of course, like uh, a lot of people have mentioned, um, the Kairos program has been a big part of my of my uh, time at Boylan. I thank God for Matt and Julie Schwartz. They kind of pushed me into participate. I was kind of like a lot of the kids, you know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> and uh, they finally talked me into it. And I think I ended up going about somewhere between 30 and 40 times. So, and it's, it, it's really helped me get closer to God myself. And, uh, and it's just a blessing to watch the students as they grow through that experience too. Yeah. I say, I know Mrs. Walsh could probably say some stuff about Kairos as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with this comment. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Mr. Bloom as well. Mr. Bloom, you there? I'm there. Sorry. <laughs> I, myself. I didn't tonight. <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to pause and give you a chance to comment if you wanted to. That's all. <laughs> uh, Juliana, if I, if I could just uh, brag on coach fed, um, he's definitely been a, uh, a friend of mine and, and uh, taught me a lot having the opportunity to go on Kairos and, and coach track with him. Uh, but he's quite a legend. Um, you know, he, he, coach, you've always been an assistant in football. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my dad, my dad left Jefferson in 95 to uh, or 94 season to go to uh, Stillman uh, in retirement. And, and then 15 years later, when I, I uh, got back from my first day at Boylan. He asked by name if if uh, Jeff Fad was still at uh, Boylan. So uh, you made quite an impact on my father. Uh, we had some great battles. Leaving the Nick 10. Yeah, we had some great battles back then. Um, <laughs> it was Jefferson games and Belvedere games, and those were great ball games. Yeah, the, the, Nick, the Nick 10 was definitely in its prime. Uh, at that time, and I, it's getting back. But I, I just, I just wanted to point out what an influence you made 
um, you know, with with the uh, uh, groups that you coached, uh, that someone remembered your name 15 years after being after out of the conference? Yeah, well, I had a lot of chats with your dad, too. <laughs> <laughs> At clinics, right? Clinic yeah. <laughs> talk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. That is awesome. It's kind of crazy how small the world is, how like it just everybody's like connected. Absolutely. Yeah, crazy. Oh, I wanted to go back to football a little bit, Mr. Fad. So I heard you started the Iron Titan conditioning camp. Is that correct? Yeah, so that happened probably back in the late nineties too. Actually, Mr. or Coach Apino was was he had the club was called Iron Titans at the time, and um, I was painting hall hut in the hallway, and I didn't wasn't quite enjoying the painting, and um, <laughs> quite frankly, I think the, the the students that went outside and cut the grass were making more than they were paying us to paint. So I was looking for something else to do. So I I went to Dan and I said, Dan, why don't we start a conditioning camp? And and he said, uh, I don't know if anybody will if we can get enough people to do it. I said, well, I'd, I'd like to give it a try. And then I, so I went and talked to Mr. McGuire and Mr. McGuire says, and, and only way he can say it, if you get people to pay to lift weights, you can have a camp. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah, he, he never thought that could happen. So, and, and it, it kind of happened in a big way. And a lot, there's been a lot of students go through the camp and, uh, you know, John Ketchatori is, is running it now and doing a great job. He, his wife helps him out a lot, and it's evolved into where we have a junior program, I think, in might be in the late fall, and then also in the late spring they have one that goes through, and then plus they did it in the summer. Now, I don't know how camps are going to work out this year. This year, I, you know, they keep talking that um, – Things might open up for the young kids as far as youth activities, but you know what does that mean? Is that's the question, and I, I think you're still going to have to be in groups of ten. And can you do that in a weight room where you're everybody's touching thing? You know what I'm saying? It's I don't know if it's going to be safe as far as the the people that are important or what their call will be. I don't know. Yeah. I I wondered that question too, like what they were going to do about the younger kids for especially that program and then other programs going on, especially for like Blaze is starting baseball and um, like many other of his friends are like, what are we going to do for basketball this summer or just many other things that people are involved in. So I think they're going to have to be done in groups of 10 and it can be done if, you know, if you as a coach want to organize that and you know, obviously you're going to have to have smaller groups and probably more groups. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens with school next year. Oh yeah. You know? I agree. I, I actually think that, that things are going to open up here fairly quickly. Once, you know, we get through June and I think we'll be back in school. Yeah. I don't think it'll be too long till we're uh, all set and not exactly back to normal, but like back to a state of, normalness i guess i could say yeah okay so like you said you've taught for 37 years at boylan and uh in your own words you've said boylan catholic is like home what has made you stay at boylan for all these years wow you know you don't you don't know how many people have asked me that question especially the i was at my i was at a 
Nobody's going to hear this, so I can say this. I was at a family. I was at a family a family get together last weekend for um, my brother's birthday, and I said to my sister in law, she, she said something about she teaches at Glen or um, oh, what is it over in the Elgin area anyway, and she said. Uh, special education teacher and she's got her master's plus 37 years and why 37 years because that's how high they let you go on the scale and i said i said to her right away when i heard it, i says and i know how much you make too <laughs> and she looked at me and she said well you could have been making the same thing and uh, you know it's a shame on you and but uh you know there's more things in life than money and um have being able to enjoy what you do where you do it with with uh, amazing people you know that's that's the key you know and we have amazing students we have amazing teachers you know i can go back you know sister anthony sister estelle father lipinski father etheridge father slampeck monsignor schwartz all these people that have come through the school jewel popons has been such a great leader for me bill thumb how about dr minarski uh the gavits mm-hmm. vince mcguire ted and phyllis home i mean and then plus all everybody that's there now all the young people at Boylan, you know, I, I was talking to Mrs. Opp the other day. I said, I think I've had about almost half of these students in class before. Yeah. It's students. I mean, teachers, either they've, been, either they've been in school in Boylan during my time, or I, you know, maybe I've even taught them, but we've got so many Boylan grads now teaching at Boylan, which is a good thing. Oh yeah. Good. It shows that Boylan's just an awesome place just to come back to. Yes, it is. No matter how much you make. <laughs> okay, so I kind of wanted to surprise you guys, Uh-oh. but I had asked a couple of the cl- uh, people from my class to say some notes of appreciation for you guys. So if you don't mind, can I read some of them off? Go for it. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Walls, this is some for you. Uh, dear Mrs. Walls, I have been one of the most support. You have been one of the most supportive and helpful teachers in my years as a high school student. She has given her time before school every day to help struggling students, and has always seen the best in others. She is truly a selfless person. You are in one teacher. You have never failed to put a smile on my face, despite how horrible my day may have been. Your enthusiasm towards your teaching, as well as your consistent dedication towards helping me and the rest of my classmates truly made a positive impact on my Boylan experience. Mrs. Walls, you truly were a gift to Boylan. Thank you for everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. No problem. Hi uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Bloom? Yes. It was such an honor to lead a Kairos with you. You are such a kind and compassionate person. Thank you for everything you have done for your students in the Boylan community. I want to say thank you for all you have done for me the past four years. You have uh, gallied my way all ups and downs. I wish you the best of luck for your future. Thank you again for everything. Uh, thank you for what you have done for your students at Boylan and representing your faith. I am going to miss cuddling Perry the Platypus in class, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank, thank you. Uh, Julianne, if I could just tell uh, the, everyone listening, 
Uh, Perry the platypus was the class counselor. Uh, he was a very good listener. Um, he, uh, he he calmed a lot of nerves and uh, and he helped some people through some tests that uh, they thought they weren't going to get through, but but did quite well on. So the good good shout out to Perry. Yes, yes. Okay, Mr. Harrison, I had to get yours a little bit last minute, but luckily I had a lot of people that wanted to tell you something. Thank you for all the help you have given us inside and outside of the class. You're always there to answer questions and somehow had the patience to put us up or put up with us. We all will miss you. I have never officially met you, but I have heard from other students that you were always kind and patient. Thank you for serving our school, Mr. Anderson. God bless you and your journey, your new journey. Thank you, Mr. Anderson, for everything you've done for the school. I appreciate all the time and effort you put into teaching us and the interesting topics we got into by accident. Thank you for everything, and I'll miss you. Wow. Thank you. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, great. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, those are great, kind words. <laughs> okay, Mr. Fad. Thank you for everything you've done for your students. You're such an amazing teacher, and I'm so glad to have you as a teacher. Thank you for being such a strong and faithful titan over these many years. I'm so thankful to have a teacher like you. I hope to see you again one day. I'm going to miss your PE class, Mr. Fad. I honestly had never heard of the strange sport called Batman before, till you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite memories of you is all of the walking you did around the school. I don't think I could ever have walked that much in one day or even a week. And there's a couple more for all you guys, but I could probably send you guys that later. Thank well, you, Juliana. Juliana, I want I want to hear about your story now. What how did you uh how was your boiling journey? <laughs> well, I honestly have known about boiling for a long time since my uh sixth grade year I had gone to public school my elementary years and then switched over to Catholic uh I'd gone to St. Bernard at school which they're no longer a, a running school now but I had many memories there and I think just transitioning from Bernard to Boylan really helped just my Catholic faith in general and I think one of the most memorable parts of Boylan is my Catholic faith because you guys have honestly have strengthened my faith so much. I don't, um, I don't know what to say because I just, I've been very impacted by Boylan through my school or by the teachers there like you guys and just other opportunities I've been able to have. Um, I worked over the summer to just pay for my tuition. I've just been honored to even go to the school and uh, just like having a big family is like really cool because then I know that we're going to have people going through Boylan now and I get to tell them my experiences of Boylan and telling them about uh, Mr. Bloom's uh, math class and uh, saying hi to Mrs. Walls in the uh, the hallway and um, broadcasting with Mr. Fad and Mr. Anderson, I didn't get to hang out with you at all, but <laughs> but it's just been a really good experience of just being there and uh, getting to know people. And I think you guys have helped me become the person I am today. Juliana, it's going into going to Loris and she's going to go into the media media studies. Is that correct? 
I am. <laughs> yeah, and Loris is one of the top schools in the Midwest as far as that's concerned. And uh, and so she's going to join EJ Greenberg and uh, who else is over there? Uh, Joey Foley, I know that, and <laughs> Rachel Krein as well. Right, okay, so are that's gonna in be interesting. Are they in that specific program? Because I know we have lots of Loris students. I don't know any, I know there's more people that, from Boylan at Loris, but I don't know them personally. I just know Joey Foley and EJ Greenberg. Yeah, EJ okay. and Joey are, are into the broadcast program. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I think EJ did basketball okay. last year, as a matter of fact. Well, yeah, Julie, I thank think you because you were always a blessing and always just so positive, and you always put a smile on my face, too. So um, I appreciate everything that you did for Boylan over the last four years. Well, thank you. I should be saying that more to you guys. <laughs> now, now, this was just so you know, this was Juliana's idea, and she wanted to do this last broadcast. Uh, she wanted to have her last Boil and Broadcast podcast, I should say. And uh, so, uh, great job, Juliana. Thank you. Yes, yes thank you, Juliana. <laughs> yeah, thanks well, for thank your time. You this means a Good lot, job. just setting this up with you guys. Okay, uh, so should we end it? Go ahead. Okay. Thank you again, teachers, for the opportunity for me to interview you guys uh, as my last podcast for Boylan. You have been a role model to many of us in the Boylan community. Thank you for all of you have done for the school through sports, the Catholic faith, and promoting our school. Others and I feel blessed to have so, some of you as a teacher. Thank you for introducing me to broadcasting, Mr. Fad. Thank you, Mr. Bloom, for helping me understand math better and convincing me to do track. Thank you, Mrs. Wallace, for always having a heart of gold and such a, being such a genuine person. This is Juliana Mace signing out of my last student life segment of the Be Boylan podcast. Congrats, 2020 grads, and the rest of the Boylan, good luck next year. Go Titans. Go Titans. <laughs> Go, Go Titans. Titans. Go Titans. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you all. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Although, although I want to know, what's everybody's superpower? <laughs> I was going to go with invisibility. <laughs> I don't know. I want to be. I do time, like going back and doing things. I want to be able to freeze time so that I can still do everything and still get a good night's sleep. Perfect. <laughs> Four hours of the day. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a super ability, but for some reason, I, I am a very graceful faller, so I want to I want to continue to do that as I continue to do all the things I want to do. So <laughs> hopefully, no broken bones. I yes, <laughs> healthy there. So all right. Well, thank you everybody for signing this up and participating, and great to hear and share stories. And uh... yeah, Juliana, this was great. It helped uh, it helped seal the wound of not being able to uh, celebrate with students. Yeah, oh. that's great. That's, that's yeah. for sure. I just wanted to be able to have just one of your guys' last moments be like remembered as like celebrating something for you guys. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. All right. Yeah, no problem. And, and Juliana, um, I I got to be quite friendly with your brother Brad uh, over the last couple of years. So uh, say hello and tell him Mr. Anderson said hello. 
Oh, I will. He'll probably remember your name, all of your guys' names. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> please give him a Yes, I will. Thank you guys again. Okay. Right. We'll talk to you later. Right. Take care. Bye. 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 I will. Bye, guys. <laughs>